Unlock More to Life with Adrian Pinozo, Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we broadcast interviews with successful real estate investors across North America to empower you on your journey to unlocking more to life with real estate investing. Now, now here's your host, Adrian Pinozo. Hi everyone, it's Adrian Pinozo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you guys get more to life and start living your dreams through the power of real estate investing. Today's episode, we are very lucky to be joined by one of the most precedent, phenomenal realtors that I personally know of here in the Hamilton area. He left a promising career uh, as a Honda sales corporate guru to build a name for himself and a team in real estate. He did this while he was studying to finish his master's degree in business administration. And get this one, guys. Our guest today, as a rookie realtor in his first year of real estate, managed to sell 55 houses, believe it or not. And pretty much nobody I personally know of or have heard of in our little circle has been able to do that. Incredible. So without further delay, the one, the only, the incredible Mike Johnson. Welcome to the show, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. That's quite the intro. Wow. Yeah. Just We need a drum roll or something just to get stuff going. But yeah, yeah super excited to have you on. Obviously, you're a wealth of knowledge in various different attributes of real estate, as well as real estate investing, because I know you're a real estate investor as well. So welcome to the show. And yeah, how was your weekend? It was good. Yeah. How about you? All good. I mean, it was a little bit of a rain day yesterday, but overall, great weekend. Uh, we had our um, EPC celebration on Saturday night where we uh, had all our joint venture partners and our team come out for a little bit of a uh, thank you to everybody involved in our company and uh, reaching our or surpassing our plateau of 300 units now that we own in joint venture partnership across the GTA. So, yeah, it was an amazing weekend on that. Great party, good turnout and whatnot. So, so why don't we get into it? Are you good to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Mike, let's start off with, um, you know, again, kind of tooting your horn, your unprecedented success in, in, in real estate and sales and whatnot. So I know way back when, when you started, I guess you left corporate and you came into the real estate world, you were influenced by um, one of our business partners, Sandy McKay. And um, he kind of influenced you, obviously, to start your career in real estate. Can you take us back to where it all started and uh, how that influence from Sandy kind of helped you parachute your way into this business? Yeah. Okay. I'd say need to give you some credit. It was equally you, not just Sandy. Yeah. I, like you said earlier, I worked for Honda Canada and I would drive to work every day and my wife would listen to Sandy's podcast. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it was actually her that found him. And yeah, we were in the market to buy our second rental property, I believe. So I called Sandy to see if he would represent us. Because in one of his episodes, it mentioned that he got his license. So actually, I called Rob Brake first, Sandy's partner from Oshawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob didn't answer the phone. And then I, I called Sandy. He answered. Two weekends later, he sold the house to us. And then... Uh, yeah, he invited us out for coffee, convinced me to quit my job, get into 
real estate as a realtor and the rest is really history. It's amazing what a coffee can do amongst uh, like-minded individuals and kind of just sure. who knows where it goes, right? So yeah. Yeah. So that coffee led to you ultimately, I guess, you know, like most people's story, you weren't overly happy in the corporate world and what you were doing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, hundred percent. We'll go in. I remember, uh, I'm sure you, you saw it when you were a police officer, you go into the office after a weekend dreading oh, yeah. five days in front of you. It's like small that with people. Yeah. It's like that nervous feeling, you know, Sunday before Monday, you have to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I go to schools tomorrow again, and you know you have that anxiety in your in your the gut of your stomach. Like I just really don't want to go to school tomorrow. Yeah, uh, kind of. Like I was that, thinking right? about that uh, maybe a week or so ago. I never have that feeling anymore. Like that's I never come Sunday feel this dread. That's that it's back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you meet with Sandy. You guys have coffee discuss obviously getting into real estate, so on and so forth. So what was what were the next steps? Like, so you quit your job, you start working for, I guess, uh, Sandy MRN. And then what happens after that? So there was a year long lead up. Getting my real estate license was never in my plans. I come from a family of accountants. So it was always instilled in me to go get a degree, then get another degree, go work in corporate. and. 30 years down the road, retire with a nice pension. So Sandy really flipped things around for me. So it took about a year of studying to get my courses. Okay. My job, my old job is pretty cool. I, uh, my role is to incentivize Honda dealers to sell more cars. So a big part of my job was setting up these trips for them. Um, oh. So X number of Honda Civics, and I would take the best dealers in the country to the Stanley Cup Finals or to the Super Bowl or to Mexico. When I was on those trips, I would just lock myself in my room and study for my realtor courses. Finally, after, yeah, very nice hotel rooms to study for your realtor courses. Yeah, yeah. Finally, uh, after a year, I got my license. I think I bought one more rental during that period and came down. And that's when I met you, obviously, when I met Sandy. And that was a big game changer for me. you guys would buy houses with the same level of, so you were as casual about buying houses as I was about waking up in the morning and brushing my teeth. Um, and I didn't know anyone in the world did that. And that's when things really started to pick up and snowball. Yeah, it was, uh, and I remember when I first met you, obviously, I was introduced to you through Sandy. And I remember when I first met you, you were, uh, yeah, we were buying houses back then. We still are, but we were, you know, like you said, it was like, good deal. Okay, do it. Like, there's there's not much more to think about. The numbers are great. We did it. We moved on, on to the next, on to the next. And, you know, I remember when I first got introduced to you, I, I, I didn't really have a good picture. Or I didn't really know where it was going to go. But you showed some very, very keen interest in, hey, I just want to learn. Just teach me. Show me how, you know. You've become Mr. Cashflow, so to speak, and all that kind of jazz. So it obviously took off. I mean, here's here's a question. How in God's green earth did you sell 55 houses in your first year of real estate? I really just did what I was told. So I'm fortunate to work for this amazing company called Keller Williams, and it's, it's a franchise, and they provide us with systems and models. 
whether or not we choose to use those systems and models is our decision, but I chose to use them um, and they were passed down to me from you and Sandy. And I, yeah, I, I'd say I implemented them in a high, at a high level and did a lot of activities that others may not have been willing to do. What was your major activity that, that you found worked? Yeah, so I, I realized very early on the only way I was going to make a living on selling houses was if I had a lot of clients. So I, I would spend six, seven, eight, nine hours a day lead generating for clients. That's literally all I did. It was myself, my phone. Lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, for people listening out there today, whether you're a realtor or not, like even if you're, you know, whatever, whatever walk of life you come from, whatever career you have, I think the point of this is mindset, right? You had a mindset, you had a goal and the activities you do every day, regardless of the career you're in, wherever you are, real estate, I mean, whatever. If you have that mindset to grow and succeed and you do the activities daily without question. You do those activities daily that you know as mundane as they are, are going to help you get to where you need to be regardless of the career you're in. And you're living proof of that. I mean, I watched you uh, when you started with our company back then. I watched you spend six hours of the day cold calling seven hours a day, like you said, cold calling people to try and get them to get you, to give you an appointment to go over there and list their house for sale. And as boring, because I'm the guy sitting in the background thinking, that is boring. You used to make fun of me. I used to make fun of you and say, that is boring. And I used to mimic you, but you were so focused and so regimented on your daily uh, accountability and your daily tasks that as boring as mundane it was, here you are, 55 houses in the first year of real estate. What's the average realtor selling their first year of real estate? First year, I'm not sure. Probably lower than five, I would think. I was just going to say somewhere probably between two and four yeah. uh, deals because, you know, obviously they don't have the systems, the models, the, the, the focus and the things you need to do daily as mundane as they are to have that success that being said obviously you mastered that and as boring as it was you just believed in the system and here you go i think a big part of it too is surrounding yourself with people that have done it before if you look at the world we live in we're in 2021 there's no goal i'm ever going to come up with that someone hasn't achieved before Pretty much everything's been done, maybe with the exception of Elon Musk's right. mission to go to Mars. Right. Um, it was very simple. I wanted to sell 50 plus houses and make a lot of money in the process. So I aligned myself with Sandy, who had done that before, and you, who have done that before. Yeah. So I obviously, you beat me. I think it was a bit of a competition when you came on board. My first year of real estate, coming from a police background and a police career, which couldn't be the furthest thing removed from sales. I never sold anything in my life, really, but I had the mindset and the focus and the drive and the systems and models in place like you did. And I reached 53 houses in my first year of real estate. And it was kind of like a competition, you know, when you came on board. And I remember you always telling me, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. 
I'm going to eat your 53 houses. And you did. And that personally in our little circle of realtors, you know, I don't know many people or if any that have surpassed 55 deals in their first year. So it goes not only to your character, but I think just to following and believing in the systems that, as you said, you didn't reinvent the wheel. You just took that wheel, did what they did, and, and did it at a very, very focused high level. Mm-hmm. For sure. Some of the, you really, to pull that off, need to have a whatever-it-takes attitude. You probably see it. We both run teams at this point, and a lot of people become interested in joining a team for, for leads and right. layup deals, as we call them, but to sell 30, 40, 50 houses, your mindset can't be focused on that. It needs to be whatever takes attitude. You need to take full ownership of it and go into the experience with the expectation that whoever you're working for will give you zero. So you're Once on that comes- team. Yeah, and I agree. A lot of new realtors come to a team and think, I'm just here, just feed me deals, feed me deals, feed me deals. And I'm going to sit back and just, Mike's going to give me all these clients to call and I'm going to call them and I'm going to close leads. That's not really the way it works. Mm -hmm. Um, You're on that team. Yeah, you're going to get leads here and there. But I think the value of being on that team too is the support, right? Can you you talk about that? You just mentioned something there too. It is all about having a very strong group of people in your corner. Like I was, I've been fortunate since I got in this business. I've never worked with someone that's not a multimillionaire. That's really helped me. And for new realtors, if you just have a slight mindset shift, and you can probably attest that this is where my mindset was at, or something I used to say to you all the time, I would come into your office and say, see those lights over your head? I'm keeping those on for you. I made you and Sandy a lot of money in the beginning. And as a result, you were forced to give me your time, your knowledge, your expertise, your love. And that's what's really gotten me there. If you go into the relationship saying, I want Adrian to give me deals, it's not going to happen. But if you can meet someone like yourself that's achieved massive success and find a way to make that person a significant sum of money, that mentor of yours is forced to stay in your life and, and help you. Yeah. So I, said, I, I bought you. You what? Um, I bought your time, your love, your expertise. And yeah. that, I think, is something not enough people think about. Agreed. And you figure you've given us a lot. And, and in exchange, I like to think we reciprocated with respect to the mentorship, the guidance, so on and so forth. And With that approach, I've gotten way more than I've given. Right. And then that mentorship and guidance, again, guys, this isn't only about real estate. It could be about any walk of life and career that you're in. Like Mike said, surrounding yourself with someone who you want, you aspire to be like and mimic what they do daily in their, their routines and, and, and their success and how they get there. Pick their brain, you know, work under them and, and watch everything they do regardless. And Mike's living example of that. So. Yeah, congratulations on obviously crushing it. We'll get into this a little bit later in the interview, but you're still crushing it, uh, obviously. And, you know, you've taken it to a different level. I mean, you've been in the game now in how many years? Is it three or four? Uh, pretty much four years. Yeah, four years. So, segueing into my next question four years in real estate, 
55 deals your first year. You now are the team leader. You have your own team as well. So what started out as Mike and corporate working for Honda Canada to Mike starting in real estate and, and crushing it his first year to Mike four years later, now running a team of how many people? Uh, we have 11. 11 realtors under you that you mentor, you influence, you help, that work with you and your team. Amazing. Tell me about that. Tell me about the structure within your team and how that all works and how do you manage to stay on top of 11 team members? So, yeah, most, most of my day is spent meeting with them. I don't sell a whole lot of houses myself anymore at this point. Like after this podcast, I'm going to be in meetings with my team members for the remainder of the day. Right. Um, yeah, we're pretty systematic about it. Our big focus is not on the deals. It's coaching to the person themselves. You don't want to own 300 units for no reason. Um, you have a personal goal, and that's what's driven you to accomplish that. So. My big focus is on figuring out what they want to accomplish personally. And then from there, we build out their sales goals to make sure that that happens. Um, and if they follow, I mean, if there's driven, you can't, I guess you can't teach drive, right? I mean, either you got it or you don't. But if, if someone under you has the drive, has the, you know, the nuts and bolts of following their leader, uh, their, their, they're obviously team leader. You're like, hey guys, I this is all I've done since I've been in real estate. And if they they buy into that and they have that determination and drive, you're a living example of this is what you can achieve as well. Because I'm going to mentor, coach you, help you get there, and and hold you accountable to your your weekly, monthly goals, so on and so forth. Fair to say? Yeah, for sure. And then. I can give them the tools and techniques to pull it off. I can share with them what I've done. I can work to hold them accountable. But as you know, the accountability also needs to be a joint effort. They need to have it within them themselves. And there's varying levels of committing to your results. You see that amongst people on your team. Mm -hmm. For me, here's a prime example. Before I met you, I used to wake up, get in the shower as quick as possible, scramble to get to the office. It took me maybe one email. You sent me at 5 a.m. in the morning to realize this guy wakes up early every day. I'm a big reader, and I I started to learn about successful people, and most of them wake up early. So I started doing that. I tell all my guys to do that, but maybe half of them actually implement it. I tell my guys to lead generate for six hours a day. Maybe half of them actually implement this. Yeah. And I remember you told me once, and I'll never forget this. We were talking and you told me once, it was either on a phone call or in person, but you told me this story how, you know, you get up, you get up very early, like myself, and um, you walked out of your was it your apartment or your house? And you went to take the dog out first thing in the morning and you looked at all the houses on your street and there wasn't one light on in any one of those houses. Everybody was still sleeping. And you said to me, 
I smiled because I said, because you said to yourself, and I don't remember verbatim the words, but it was something along the lines as, I beat all these people so far. I'm awake before them. I've started my day before them. And I'm already beat. I've already bet all these people this morning. Do you yeah. When we had that. Yeah, I used to live in a condo in Toronto. Okay, that, that's um, what it was. Yeah. I was going to take my dog for a run at five in the morning, and the only light on in the building was mine. Right. And I think you taught me this phrase the early bird gets the worm, and then you start hearing more things like that. Win the morning, win the day. Um, no one, or not a lot of people, take that seriously. Right. But when I looked up at that building, I thought to myself every morning, how, how could any of these people ever compete with me? They just don't want it as much as I do. And that's why their lights are off and mine are, my light's on. Yeah. Their lights are off and my light is on at five in the morning. How can those people compete with me? Mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Mindset, determination, goals, accountability, all those buzzwords, you know, for everybody listening out there, if you can, if you can digest those buzzwords and actually, you know, hold yourself accountable. I mean, success is endless at the end of the day with respect to that. So your leadership, obviously having a team of 11 realtors underneath you, you are a leader and you've mastered or close to mastering or you're very successful in being a leader. People look up to you. People want to work under you or work with you. Tell me about your leadership style that people resonate with because they come to your team. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it's something I mentioned earlier. Like the biggest thing for me is coaching to the whole person. So no one wants to make $500,000 a year for no reason. Right. To make $500,000 a year, you have to go to hell and back. It's not a simple or easy task. So I always focus on the person because once you dig deep into their personal goals and the reasons why they want these goals to come true and tie it back to their financial goals, business goals, all of a sudden, once you find that there's a driver in there that's derived from their personal life, $500,000 a year is not that tough anymore. Um, it's, it's all of a sudden worth it. In every conversation I have, I, I like to make it about that. Anything is possible. You can move a massive mountain. The reasons within your personal life are, are significant enough. I know for me, it's something that's always changing. At one point, it was I never want to go back to corporate ever again in my life. And then from there, personal reasons become, I think in the beginning, I didn't want to run out of money. When I got into this business, I had 15 grand in my account and wanted to make sure I didn't go bankrupt. And now it's all about financial freedom. And if I so choose at some point in the future to never want to work again, I don't have to. I think that's the difference between me and all the lights and the condos that were off. I'd be willing to bet the majority of them were on a 30-year career trajectory, where I would prefer to see mine right. exist within five to 10 years. Right. Amazing. Uh, amazing. We keep coming back to your, your goals. And, and I guess the leadership style, to sum it up, you're making it, and you're genuine and sincere about it, but you're making it about them, right? Mm -hmm. You're, what is it about them and their personal goals and their personal life that you can help them and make it about them to succeed and under yeah. your leadership and mentorship and, and style and whatnot, it's about them. So 
Yeah, most leadership books you may read, you know, they really tell you to focus on your people and make it about your people so they know, you know, you have a divine interest in their success. And that's your leadership style. For sure. Like there are many tough conversations that happen every single day. I can't help them unless I know the personal reasons why they're looking to move towards their goals. But once I know, it's a very simple conversation. What's most important to you? Is it retiring your father? You told me you wanted to retire your father, or is it staying in bed this morning and missing out on the activities that we know are going to put you in alignment with your goals and get your father retired within the next two years, or whatever their goal is? It's right. very tough to have that conversation if you don't know why they wake up every morning. Right. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Some incredible advice. What's most important to you crush your goals or for you to sleep in this morning? Mm-hmm. All right. Top three pieces of advice, three advices, pieces of advice for business leaders who want to have a high performing team like yours. And I think one we already touched on, make it about them. If, yeah. if that's what you were going to say, but I'll let you answer that. What, what are the top three pieces of advice to have a high performing team like yours? So I would say we're talking about having a high performing team or achieving success in general. Either or, either or. Yeah. You obviously, you're looking down, so I think you got some notes. Yeah, I know. Stay prepared on this. Yeah, so just give, give us what you got. For me, hands down, the biggest thing that has contributed to my success was finding people that operate at a high level that have already done what I want to do. My, my approach was never to question what they do or the way they do things. I would seek advice from someone like yourself and just implement it immediately. Then from there, something that's never spoken of, but I think it's so obvious, make that person as much money as possible or add as much value as possible to that mentor of yours so you don't become irrelevant to them. And so they're forced to keep you around and forced to keep pouring into you. Right. Very good advice. And yeah, I think success, life is very simple. And one of my favorite books, it's written by Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing. And it's something I ask myself every single morning. What's the one thing I can do today such that everything else is unimportant or irrelevant? And there, I remember when I was in my first year, that was lead generation. And things would slip through the cracks. I had the worst paperwork ever, for instance. Yeah. And you guys would yell at me about my paperwork. Yeah. Not being where it should be. And I would ignore you. I would think, just let me do what I do and let me get you paid again. And let me get myself paid again. It's not a good use of my time to worry about this paperwork. So I would block you and everyone else out and just focus on my one thing, which at that point was lead generation. Awesome. And obviously, those three things that you instilled and obviously believe in at a very high level has made you very, very successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Call a spade a spade. So we haven't talked about, so obviously real estate guru running an 11 person team, crushing it still in real estate, very, very successful in, in that forefront. We haven't talked about you as a real estate investor and I know, and obviously the audience is going to know in a second, but you obviously have really expanded your portfolio um, from day one when we first met to now. 
Yeah. Um, tell us about your journey in real estate investing and buying rental properties. And I know you're joint venturing now at a pretty high level as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. So when I, when I worked at Honda, my goal, I think I wanted to buy one house a year for 15 years. And then at that point, hopefully retire. Obviously Matt Sandy came into his world and things set up a lot faster than I ever expected. Yeah. In the last four years, we bought 15 houses or something. So my 15 year goal got compressed into four years. Wow. It, yeah, it's way more than I thought I would have achieved within that period, which is great. But uh, yeah, just the fact of surrounding yourself with people that are doing things at a way higher level than you. You probably bought 15 houses in the last, I don't know, three months. That's what you told me. I wouldn't be surprised. Compared to who I hang out with, what I've achieved is minimal. It might look like a lot to some other people, but I hang out with you a lot. I talk to you every couple of days. You can add, like you probably added 100 units to your portfolio. This year, that's double what I own altogether. Once you tap into someone that's doing things at a massive level and add value to that person so they in return add value to you, anything's possible. So you leave corporate, you go into real estate, you crush it in your first year, and you're continuing to crush it, but you crush it in your first year at 55 houses. Since then, you've now built a team of 11 realtors uh, mentoring, influencing, coaching, helping these realtors crush it themselves. And all, all the while behind the scenes, you now own 15 rental properties that <laughs> is happening in the background while all this other stuff is going on in the forefront. Incredible, right? Because most people, you know, most people can't even achieve a quarter of that because maybe their mindset and their goals and they don't have, they're not surrounding themselves with those people that can help influence them to get there. So it's incredible, man. Like living, you're living proof that you can accomplish anything you want. If you put your mind to it, you surround yourself with the right people, you're driven and you know, there is no, I can't do this in your vocabulary, right? That's amazing what you've achieved. And this all happened in how many years? Four years? Yeah. Right? When you first left corporate to come to real estate. Four years later, do you even know, maybe you haven't calculated, but do you even know how much real estate holdings you own now with these 15 properties? Is like how many millions of dollars in real estate that you're you're owner of? Do you even know? Yeah, so I sold a couple of them. So I think we're 13 houses right now. Okay. Um, like once they're all done, some are in progress. Like we're in the process of renovating them. Once they're complete, should be 12 million or so. $12 million of real estate in four years. Absolutely incredible. Just looking for the next topic here. What, uh, obviously I know because, you know, we work closely together and we're in the same office daily. You're focusing, uh, at a high level on joint ventures as well, or not at a high level, but pretty, pretty serious about it. And um, the burr strategy. I've talked to you about some of your recent burrs where you've pulled all your money out and then some, and then some. So phenomenal success you've had with burrs, probably just as successful as me. Like what one of your latest burrs, I think we were talking about in the office the other day. Tell us how the numbers worked out on that one. And for everybody that doesn't know, obviously, burr, buy, renovate, refinance, and rent. And repeat is just a strategy in real estate investing that has become extremely popular amongst us. But anyways, 
What's your most recent burn? I know you, you absolutely crushed it. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think we were all very spoiled with these houses that we bought pre-pandemic or right in the beginning of the pandemic. A lot of people were nervous and they stopped buying. We didn't know where the real estate market was going to go. But I fortunately saw that you were continuing, so I chose to continue also. And I got some really good deals at that time. So the best one I've ever done, we bought it for 500 Is that the one but, I sold you? No, you were sleeping that day. You, you were probably at your cottage. Oh, I think I know this one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Bought it for five. I think we put one, maybe around two hundred into it. Refi at just under one two. So what'd you pull out? You pulled out all your money. Plus, we were we were about two hundred grand. (laughs) (laughs) So you pulled out all the initial capital you put in. Plus an additional two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, like guys, whoever's listening out there, and people say that you know, I've heard you can't get all your money out now, and on these burrs, and it's becoming so difficult. This and that. If you partner yourself with the right people, and you you mentor, you're mentored by the right people, or coached by the right people. You know, for example, like Mike Johnson and or myself, for that matter. Look at that. Like the bank paid you $200,000 and uh, to, to do this burr project, essentially create infinite, infinite return on your money. Yeah. So I get half that. I obviously give half to my partner, but there's that type of money is very different than earned income. As you know, I pay zero tax on that. So through commissions for me to have something equivalent, I, I need to earn probably. 180,000, 200,000. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, exactly. So the Burr strategy and pulling out equity and pulling out a surplus after the refinance, like Mike mentioned, guys, it's it's tax-free. Nothing goes to the CRA. The only time you pay the tax is obviously capital gains when you sell the property. But when you refinance a property, it's tax-free. Nothing goes to, you know, the CRA, which is obviously great for us. So congratulations on that. Um, I think I came close, maybe just a little bit over, but I've done so many, I, I really don't remember. And a lot of ours has been very successful, but for sure, for sure, those are few and far between, at least for me. You know, again, we really just strive on getting all our capital out, right? At the end of the day, if we can get all our capital out on the back end when we refinance after the renos, on a burst strategy, that's that's amazing. But you know, a surplus is just the icing on the cake, and a crush yeah. with a two hundred thousand dollars surplus. It's, it's I find it's, I'm sure you get this a lot, but uh, that was a, a new partner for me. That I that was the first deal I ever did with him. So obviously, he came back. We've already done another deal with him, but I get the same phone call every time I refinance something with a partner right right for the first time i like to and say rinse and repeat they add they call and they ask me if we can sell um oh this building's gone up by so much in such a short period of time do you think we should sell it Mike? and i always talk them out of that one very quickly because the two hundred thousand, the hundred thousand, whatever amount you get back on, on a really good project is nothing compared to what you would get by holding that property over five ten fifteen years you might not know this, but I've crunched the math on you. I, no, I don't know this. This is. So I used to be an, an analyst. 
I'm, I'm a nerd with spreadsheets. Yeah. And I'd look, I'm just curious. So we know Adrian has 300 apartments. I can work backwards and determine approximately how many houses you have. Right. Apply the average rate of price appreciation for the greater Golden Horseshoe over the last 100 years, which is 5%, and see I have these spreadsheets created. So the principal pay down over 30 year and 5% appreciation. What's Adrian worth in 30 years? It doesn't take. Don't well, sell anything now. And I, what? It's an insane number. And Do you remember it? When I crunched it for you, it was maybe a year ago. It was well over $100 million. Like well over $100 million. I don't have the exact figure. But that you have to go to grave these places to really, truly reap the rewards of them. Right. I couldn't agree more. And some of my joint venture partners talk the same way, but we always start out with a minimum of a five-year commitment. But like we always educate them at the end of the day, hey, you got all your money out, you're cash flowing. You know, or we're cash flowing typically around a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks a month, give or take. We have debt pay down. And obviously, like you mentioned, we have passive appreciation year after year after year. So why do we need to sell it and pay the CRA? To make what, hundred grand? Like, yeah, it's a lot of money. But like you said, the compound effect, leaving it there, leaving it there, leaving it there, it is is much more lucrative later on in life than that simple fifty hundred grand now. Um, sure. So, all right. Um, three years from now, three years from now, where do you see the market? People say, oh, there's going to be a crash. There's going to be a dip. And I know nobody has a crystal ball. And we get that a lot as realtors, you know, clients asking you, you know, what's going to happen in six months, one year, two years, three years. Where do you see the market going, in your opinion? And that's just an opinionated answer. Obviously, it's not, you know, nobody's going to hold you to it. But where do you see the market going? I don't know. I think real estate, especially in this country, is a very safe asset class. And there are ebbs and flows to any market. Like if you if you look at the stock market, yeah, sometimes there is a twenty percent correction. Sometimes there's a fifteen percent correction. We've been very spoiled over the course of the last year and a half, and it's gone up by a significant amount. But you look at both markets, Canadian real estate or the stock market as a whole, over the long term it always goes up by a significant amount. When you look at the past hundred years in the city where we buy our real estate. It's gone up by 5% a year. I'm looking to hold these places for 10, 15, 20, 50 years. I really don't care where it is in three years. I could care less. I'm just going to keep my head down and continue buying. Bingo. 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 I don't really care where the market is in two years because I'm just going to put my head down and continue buying. Because you know as well as I know, if you're... If you're into generational wealth with the power of real estate investing, you're going to make a lot of money. You can't lose. It's the guys, like you say, you know, the flippers and stuff like that. You really, you really, really better, you know, you're relying that nothing changes in the market in that short term. And there's nothing wrong with flipping. Obviously, some people we know have made a ton of money flipping too. But our strategy is different. And we don't care what happens in a year or two because... We're just, we're in for the long haul. We're in for the long, long generational wealth. So you, you hit it on the head, man. I don't care where the market is in three years because that's not my goal. 
right? Yeah. Bingo. For sure. Con- I, I got a pretty early, or a lesson that came to me very early on in my real estate sales career. And that was, as we both know, Sandy got out of production the second I showed up. And a lot of his clients became my clients. And Sandy had bought these people homes probably three or four years before I showed up on the scene. And I would sell these houses for 500000 600000 and see what they paid for them just three, four, five short years earlier. And the house I was selling for six was purchased for two fifty. That's a game I want to play. There you go. Um, yeah. But what does that look like when you hold for 20 years, 25 years? Massive, massive, massive wealth. That's what it looks like. Yeah. 100%. So you and your family and your kids' family and your kids' family, if they don't screw it up, never, ever, ever have to worry about money. Again, that's what I want. Yeah, they say, I, I forget how many doors you need. Somebody told me once, how many doors do you need for your generation and be okay? And then so many doors for two generations and three generations. And like, it's so easy because it's not like you, there's any physical work involved. Once you have that acquisition, you complete a very successful burr that we both have done. Just let it sit. There's nothing more you need to do now. It's not like every day you got to go back and, and lift a hammer and do this and just let it sit and yeah. forget about it and then come back in 20 years, you know, and your children and your grandchildren, they're set. They're mm-hmm. set. Couldn't agree more. All right. We're running out of time. So let's go to our lightning round, Mike. So at the end of every podcast, we go to three quick lightning questions. Doesn't have to be long answers. Just bang, bang, bang. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? Financial freedom. I have a, a son, and to be honest with you, my preference every day would be to hang out with him. I don't have the ability to do that yet because I haven't properly taken care of my finances. So every day I show up to ensure that when I'm 50, I don't need to do this anymore. Awesome. Financial freedom. You're very successful, and we say that relative to how the world views success. But do you think, Mike Johnson, there's still more to life for you? And when you picture, here's the question, when you picture more to life, Mike Johnson, what do you see? Picture myself having a significant real estate sales business. At some point, 20 agents, 30 agents, 50 agents, and so on. And a massive real estate portfolio. Massive wealth. Because I think those two things combined can produce massive, massive wealth. For sure. If you could give one piece of advice, whether you're, it's going to the real estate community or realtors for that matter, or just in general, life in general, to everybody listening to this episode today, one piece of advice, well, what would that be? I think people overestimate what they can do in six months, a year, two years, and they underestimate what they can do in five, 10, and things really compound quickly especially when you align yourself with people that have already achieved what you want out of life. Awesome advice, man. And I'm, I'm living proof of that. As you know, we celebrated our, um, uh, an incredible milestone this past weekend of surpassing, um, over 300 units. And, um, you know, like I said, in, in one of our recent videos, you know, for me personally, like you said, you underestimate what you can do in 10 years. It's almost to the day 
10 years ago that I bought my first rental property. And I was a police officer pushing a cruiser, working night shifts, court, a, a career, an amazing career that I loved. 10 years later, I left that career early and now part owner of, of obviously over 300 rental units in 10 years. Never in a million years did I ever think I would do that. So yes, I mimic your, your advice. You can, you under, you overestimate what you can do in six months, but underestimate what you can do in five or 10 years. So don't underestimate that time. You and I are living proof of that. For sure. Amazing. Amazing advice, Mike. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. We're out of time. So some awesome advice. I congratulate you sincerely on the success you've had, not only with your, your team, your, your crushing real estate sales. You know, you're probably one of the most uh, successful listing agents I've ever seen. And, and, you know, stuff you're doing is amazing in that industry. And obviously success in the real estate investing world as well. I congratulate you on all that. How do people get a hold of Mike Johnson if they want to talk to you, potentially get into business with you, join your team as a realtor? How do people get a hold of Mike? So the easiest way would be email. So Mike at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And McKay spelled? M-A-C-K-A-Y. Mike at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. Amazing. And obviously for us guys, we're all over social media. Adrian Panozo, Facebook, Instagram, our website, www.investwithepc.com. Look forward to hearing from you. And so does Mike. Uh, Mike's a wealth of knowledge and uh, just a genuine all round great guy who, you know, if you want to pick his brain and uh, he can help you get started, whether it's buying rental properties, getting started with real estate, you're, you're a new realtor and you're struggling and you need some guidance and help, reach out to Mike as well. I mean, wealth and knowledge and obviously crushing it in this industry. So on that note, Mike, thanks for joining us. Have an awesome day and uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Cheers.